0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, the government has set a target to retrofit 500,000 homes by 2030, but will need highly skilled workers to deliver that. Well, this morning, Minister Simon Harris has announced a record number of participants in retrofitting, upskilling, and reskilling programmes so far this year, and he's on the line now. Minister, good morning. Good morning, Pat. So, uh, what sort of numbers are we talking about, and will that be sufficient?
1: So there's, there's, there's good news, and, and then, there's, then there's a word of caution. I mean, we've seen 2,056 people so far this year register for training, and that's as of August. So far this year, we've done more than in all of last year. And the good news is we now have enough capacity in the education system to train the 17,000 extra people that are needed to work in retrofitting by 2030. That's the good news. The The downside is, uh, a peculiar one actually, that we now have more capacity than we have people willing to do the training. Um, so yes, we are seeing a record number of people taking up retrofit training, and that's good. But we actually have capacity to do an awful lot more. And one of the things I wanted to really get out there this morning was, I think a lot of people think retrofit training is something that maybe takes months or years. But if you are actually working in construction, these are courses that might only last three or four days in length. They're free, they're fast, they can be done at weekends, they can be done in the evening. Um, And we really need people to actually realise this, that this is an opportunity to future-proof your business and your skills, and of course to help with the climate change challenge.
0: You know, the the shortage of trainers though, to train the people who will be doing this work?
1: No, I'm now satisfied that we have both adequate physical facilities and an adequate number of trainers. What I'm actually looking at now is how can we make it easier for people to take up the training? And I suppose I have two ideas in mind. The first is we've we've just literally commissioned a mobile training unit, effectively a truck, uh, that can drive to the construction yards around the country, park up there and train 100 people per week in that facility. And that's going to go effectively on a tour around the country now to Dublin, Donegal, Cavan, Wexford and Westmeath this year. And the second thing I'm looking at doing is I think one of the reasons people might be slow to come forward is the opportunity cost of giving up a day's work. So if you're the proverbial man with a van or a woman with a van, and you might say, that's grand, I'd like to do that, but I'm actually flat out with work and really I don't want to lose the day's income. So I'm working with the Department of Communications now to see if we could put in place an incentivization scheme where maybe we could provide Uh, a a bit of financial assistance to you to take the day off work to do the training as well. And I hope to roll that out in 2024.
0: Now, what are the skill sets that are being uh, handed over? I mean, if you've got someone on your roof installing solar panels, I mean, it might only take a few hours to instruct people in solar panel technology and how you do the connections with the wires and so on. On the other hand, to put someone up on your roof without damaging your tiles, your slates, that requires uh, roofing skills.
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And I mean, the way I always think of it as as a layperson, the way I always think of it is, it's basically all of the construction skills that we require today, but basically greening them in terms of the environment. So for example, I I would have been in some of these training centres across the country and it's teaching people about how you install windows now and how you weld them properly and appropriately, what you do in terms of the construction of walls, what you do in relation to attics. So a lot of these are skills that people already have. In, In other words, they already have the... They, they already have that construction scale but it's actually to have the awareness of what's required for what we call nz uh, the near near zero energy building and that's the piece that often people are missing and it can vary so if if, if i would very little Experience in this area when to do it today. It's a course that could take me uh, a number of weeks or perhaps even months. But if somebody working on a construction site today or working on house extensions or the likes, it's the sort of thing that they could be accredited within a few short days.
0: Mm-hmm. And how will that accreditation work? I mean, if you have someone who's never been involved in construction, finds themselves out of work because their industry maybe is a sunset industry, they want to uh, start afresh in this, but they've no constru- construction skills what do they do? Where do they go and how long would it take?
1: So these are people who, so the, the retrofitting centres are really being targeted at people who already have the skills and are looking to have the skills topped up or modernised. If you're somebody who's already, let's say, hasn't worked in this industry but would like to work in construction and, and we'd like you to as well, by the way, we need a lot more people, you would go through the normal apprenticeship or traineeship model. But we've we've revised the curriculum for that. So anyone training today in construction, is getting these skills as part of their core education. The retrofitting piece is really going back, um, pardon the pun, to retrofit the skill set, if you like, uh, in yeah. somebody who's already working in the industry.
0: Okay, so, so you do need to have construction experience to get this uh, quick fit uh, retrofit uh, course. That's, now, Absolutely. You, you also mentioned in your press release that um, a number of women are signing up for this, which might have been traditionally seen as a man's world.
1: Yeah, 11% of people who've taken up retrofitting uh, training this year are are, are female. Um, Obviously, we'd still like that number to be higher. It's up from about 8% um, only last year. And so it is very much heading in the right direction. And one of the things we will be doing with with this mobile training unit as well is bringing it to schools uh, and to schoolyards. It's really important that I think we start exposing young people to the trades and to the crafts but also that we particularly start exposing uh, female students to the benefits of a career in construction. I think a lot of people past might have a view of working in construction that might be something decades old and actually with modern methods of construction with technology and the likes a career in construction now is very different to how it might have been perceived in the past and it's to try and get that message out to young people and their parents as well.
0: Um, the skill set that will be given to people to top up their skills in the retrofit courses, I mean, there are a number of aspects. One is uh, solar panelling, I mentioned, insulation, which we all kind of have a, an innate understanding of, I suppose. But then there are things like heat pumps and you know, where they would be appropriate and, and where not. And a certain amount of plumbing would be involved in all of this.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I think actually when we talk about things like NZ, near zero energy buildings, how do we make homes and buildings environmentally? and sustainable and, and 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 less bad for our planet i think actually people will be quite taken aback by the range of areas and skills that are involved it's really it's really basically every element of the construction process needing to know how to do their job in a way that is environmentally friendly Now industry and the Construction Industry Federation have been hugely supportive of this because I think they see this as an opportunity to future-proof their business. One, because there's a lot of financial grants now available uh, for people to get their homes retrofitted, so there's no shortage of work and income for people to make. But secondly, I think more and more people are going to want to know when they let a tradesperson to their home or when they ask for a job to be done on their home, do you have these skills? Because people, both from an environmental point of view, and from keeping the energy bills down point of view, uh, want, want, I think, their homes mm. need to be built and renovated yeah. in a certain way.
0: And will we have accreditation so we can ask someone, show us your qualification?
1: Yes, these are all accredited in the normal way through the, through the ETBs um, as any course would be. So absolutely, these are, these are fully accredited courses in the way any part of our third level system would be.
0: You've also been announcing uh, the numbers of people applying for uh, courses outside the CAO and that that number is likely to increase.
1: I'm very excited about this and I would have talked to you about this on the show before. We've had this obsession with points in the country. How many points did you get in your Leaving search? And as a result of that, I think we've been losing good people who might make very fine nurses or very fine people in business or music or arts or whatever else, but find themselves not able to get into the course because they weren't good at rote learning in school. So what we're trying to do now is basically provide an opportunity to do a degree that is not linked to the number of points you got in the Leaving Cert, but rather is linked to your aptitude, your interest, your passion, your portfolio. Nursing is one I think of in particular. We had seen so many young people starting nursing and further education, maybe doing a post-leaving course in nursing. Not able then to get onto the nursing degree and then go into the UK. God knows we have enough challenges staffing our own health service without staffing the NHS as well. So we've rolled out 23 degree programmes this year. um, And anybody who wants to find out can go to mto.ie. And what I intend to do now is double the number of courses next year. Uh, and this is just, it's not, it's not replacing the CAO or anything like that, but it's another pathway to get a third level education.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned health and you were, of course, Minister for Health. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Tony Holland this morning. Uh, have you read his book yet? Because he does mention you and is critical of you jumping the gun on the cervical check HSE inquiry that you ordered. And of course, it never happened uh, because we had the, the, the external investigation
1: so firstly i haven't read the book um yes but but i but i will i was hoping to get to the launch last week but my diary just didn't allow look i know tony i think highly of him i think our country is the better for having tony Hulan as the chief medical officer i worked about four hours away from him um in the department of health for for quite a number of years but look ministers make decisions and civil servants give advice and i made i made decisions in health that i'd revisit now if i was back there on some occasions but the, the decision i'm proud i made of was bringing in external assistance to look at the cervical check programme because I would have heard from the women of Ireland and particularly from the incredible late mm-hmm. Vicky Phelan and others about the need for that assurance. So, look, nobody agrees on every issue, uh, but I think Tony Hulen uh, did a very good job and I'm very grateful for her service.
0: Uh, I read you some of the comments coming in. Nothing will happen until the SEAI is sorted, uh, forcing applicants to pay in full and then claim for grants is idiotic because people can't afford to go through that process. Another one, can we make this training open to those on stamp two? Like English language students and those seeking refuge. We have full employment. That's why not enough people are uh, signing up. So,
1: quite a few issues there. I mean, firstly, on the SEAI, the wait times, it is true, are quite high. I think it was 26 months to wait for a full retrofit last year. I think that's down to about 19 months this year, but still high. But how do we fix that? We fix that by training more people. I think your listener makes an interesting point about cost. I mean, while there are quite a lot of government grants, taxpayer money grants now available, this is an area I'd like to see us go further on. And I know a lot of people, a lot of my own constituents in Wicklow make the point to me that if they could do it in phases um, rather than having to pay out a very large, you know, lump sum amount and then get the money back after, they'd be more likely to do it. So I hope we can make more progress on that. On the stamp two, that's an issue I'll give consideration to. Um, as your listener rightly says, we have already allowed that in some areas and it sounds logical
0: to me so let me check that one out. Mm. Retrofit works aren't the real problem it's the cost for example my house is 100 years old I've been quoted by three different companies at over 100,000 and there's no way we can afford that and a lot of our housing stock is old and under insulated um, those people are looking at you know high energy bills for as long as yeah. they live.
1: Well, look, I, I, and I think it's not just houses, you know, if I look around government buildings, departments, universities, which I have responsibility for, we have so much building stock and um, that is quite frankly bad for our environment, but also really expensive to eat um, as well. So I, I do think as a government, we need to be gutsy and courageous in relation to the level of subvention we're providing to people. You know, I, I, I generally think most people in this country want to do right by the planet. They want to do right by handing it over to the next generation. But sometimes they sit down in the evening and they take out the laptop and they look up the cost of retrofitting the home or switching to an electric vehicle and they can still feel that cost is prohibitive. So we have, I think the listener would have to acknowledge, we have made a lot of progress in new grants and the likes in recent years, particularly around solar panels. But if you ask me honestly, could we and should we do more, uh, I think we should.
0: Well, let's hope you uh, get your way in the budget, which is coming up very shortly. Minister Simon Harris, thank you very much for uh, joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.